Hey everyone, welcome to episode 8 of the I Am Ready podcast. I am so excited to be here today with the Honorable Barbara Buffalo, Mayor of Columbia, Missouri. And I have to say, I did look that up to make sure the salutation was correct. Oh, yes, yes, because I'm very particular. <laughs> you know, I'm very rigid. I know and... you are. I know yeah. you are. Yeah. Um, but I do want to say that I think because sometimes I'm kind of like that myself, it doesn't mean that there's not the level of respect that you deserve. And so I oh. wanted to make sure that you understood that I do understand and honor your service here in our community. Thank you, so Thank I wanted you. to make sure. Oh, and by the way, Jay usually sets this up, so I didn't introduce myself. My name is Lisa Driscoll-Hoxby, and I am the Business Development Specialist here at Ready. And if you're just tuning in for the first time to the I Am Ready podcast, this is an opportunity for us to talk to our community rock stars and find out a little bit about them, why they're so dedicated to our committee in general, and then why they are really interested in economic development specifically. So... I'm very curious because I've heard kind of some of these stories, but I'm hopefully going to take them to a different angle, and I'm going to learn a lot today. So thank you for being here. Yeah. So one of my questions is, what made you decide to go from a city staff person <laughs> to a mayor? Because you kind of know how the sausage is made, and yeah. usually that is the first thing that people don't want to do anymore is once they know how the sausage is made, you can't go back. But yeah. you just jumped right back in into, like, <laughs> the big part of the right. sausage making. Right. Um, well, part of it was, you know, my previous job was sustainability, um, which, which allowed me to work with every department within the city as well as a ton of our community groups. And so I got to learn about those rock stars you talk about. I got to learn about rock stars in our community, awesome projects. Um, and I also, in that position, was um, connected with similar positions um, across the nation. So other sustainability managers, directors, um, both in Canada and in North America. So I got to see some of those like best practices. And I was like, let's blatantly steal that and take it back to Columbia, right, and make it our own. Uh, and so I love doing that. And so when I, um, when the previous mayor announced that he was not going to run again, um, I actually had been out of my job for a few months because I was taking time off to help my parents. Um, and I was looking to get back into doing something. So when he announced he was going to do that, I was like, well, hold on. I have all this knowledge in my head, right, of, of not just like how best practices in other communities, but Columbia, right? Like what, and I know what we could do better. And so I kind of put my name out there. Um, I was also open to like, if I was not the best, if I didn't think I was the best candidate, I probably would have taken my name off, right? Uh, but as we got into this, I was like, nope, I'm the best candidate for this right now for where Columbia is and helping decide where Columbia is going to be. So that's how I got into it. I love that. I mm -hmm. love that so much. That's such a great, it's such a great and inspiring story because I think there are folks who aspire to do more mm -hmm. or to lead in a certain way, but then, you know, at some points question themselves. And, right. um, I know that you are, um, we've had this discussion, you've even spoken about it publicly lately at That's What She Said, that it is great and not great to be have the woman mayor piece to it. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to take that in a little different vein, and I'm going to say thinking about a young woman, just in general, because we know that although we've made a lot of strides, there are still a lot of disparities, yeah. and women tend to doubt themselves probably more generally than men do. Yep. So what would you say to a young woman who is thinking about some sort of endeavor that they may be like, I'm not sure 
How do I, you know, why me? Those types of things. What would you say to them? That's a good question. I, I think for, I think what I, what I liked to hear myself um, was somebody who had my, who supported me, who had my back, you know? So I think it's, you have to express those goals or dreams that you have to your friends, to your family, um, and, and let them show you really what they think, like, right, that they care. Because I know when I did this, when I first, you know, I, I was saying, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about running for mayor, you know, and I would do it, you know, went out with friends at dinner or, or um, hanging out with, you know, my in-laws and, you know, some be like, oh, I think you'd be great at that. Or give me your 30 second elevator pitch. Right. Um, so, A, just the practice of doing that um, got got great. But um, the most impactful words were from my husband. So I, I'm lucky that I have an awesome, fantastic husband who is a fantastic dad, a fantastic partner, fantastic community member. Um, but he said, you need to take the words thinking out of that statement and just say, you're running for mayor. And so he kind of like, he was like, you're, you're going to be great, but also stop saying you're thinking about it and just do it. And I was like, okay, you know, like I needed that kind of rather than continue on an exploratory journey for another few weeks just get to work on doing what is the work of running a campaign. So I love that. I love um, that. Yeah. So I don't know if that's really inspiring, but basically, yeah. No, because I think a couple things is, is number one, if you don't already have that group of people, they are out there for everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's a group of people that are going to stand beside you and behind you in the good, the bad, the ugly. And that means cheering you on and then taking you aside and letting you know when you could have done something better yeah. or maybe you're getting kind of messy with it. And so I think that's the probably the first thing that um, young folks maybe don't think about as being super discerning in their friendship group, but always find at least those two or three people that are going to be those folks that you feel comfortable and confident running anything by, yeah. telling all your stories and being understanding that they are really going to have your back. And they're going to be honest with you. Yes. So the pulling you to the side is a key one, I think, especially during the campaign, I, I appreciate them. Yeah. Yeah, I have a, a, a friend group, and they will often, you can tell whoever, if you don't self-identify yourself as getting a little sassy, and that means maybe you need to turn it down a little bit, then somebody will say, oh, I was just with you, or I heard you say X, Y, Z, feeling pretty sassy today. And that's kind of the code word of just take a minute. It's not saying you shouldn't continue, and maybe you're not passionate about whatever it is, and you're, it's just saying that's kind of a little like, hey, take a minute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's let's, good to have that group. Yeah, let's look at this from a couple different perspectives. Yeah. And then if you're still going to go, then go. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I yeah. love that. And then the second thing I do think um, is we do tend to sometimes dance around things when we're unsure and sometimes just making that commitment. It's kind of like getting out to the end of the um, diving board mm-hmm. when you're in the pool the first time you just like learn to jump in the pool. And how many times do you walk back and walk back and walk back, right? At some point, you just got to jump off. Yeah, yeah. I wondered if you were saying that because I actually do like to do diving. I did not know that. Oh, okay, See, I thought, that was, this is like one of those that's like, so no. did you know so this about the mayor? Yeah. No, but Jay would have, he does extensive research, sometimes <laughs> a little scarily so. I'm much more like in the moment of like, let's see what we can uncover. So no, okay. I did not know that. Yeah. So a diving background. I used to dive, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's fantastic. So we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the um, probably non-sexy things about um, 
uh, economic development. And um, one of that, one of those things is just generally, we know that sales tax generates a significant portion of the city's revenue. And so in your opinion, what does the city do really well to support the business community? And then what are some areas that we can improve on? I think one of the biggest things we do is obviously the infrastructure that's in place for, you know, for community members, but that it serves businesses, right? So making sure that we have roads and sidewalks and utilities um, that make it to our um, commercial and industrial areas as well as our homes. And so for me, I think about um, when we are planning for growth of the community is how are we making sure both that we're planning like all aspects of the growth. So making sure we have places, um, things in place for how people are going to get there over the road, whether or not there's sidewalks in place, whether or not there's you know infrastructure utilities to get there um, to serve, but then also maintaining our existing. So staying up on um, repairing um, streets and sidewalks, making sure that utility lines are replaced and the poles are replaced when they need to be, trees trimmed, that sort of the non-sexy things, like you say. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, some of those things are obviously paid for with fees or utilities, um, you know, utility costs. But a lot of it, capital improvement plan, a lot of these these things come from your sales tax or additional, additional sales taxes specific to those needs. And so all of those things are voted upon by our community members anytime they're on and whenever they're up for renewal. Um, and it's because of us working with businesses and our business community and you know just any community members really on what sort of projects we should do. And so I appreciate that process that we go through, but that's, I mean, that's one of the biggest things that we do to support our business community. Awesome. And I want to, I'll get back to what we could do a little bit better, but I really want to reiterate that we do have some resources and the average citizen may not know that we have a, um, a land use plan called Columbia Imagined. And I actually, in my role, since it's relatively new, that was one of the first things that I dug into because I would have, I would be in things like concept reviews, learning about different pieces um, of some of our regulatory body. And then I would listen to businesses and then I would find something in the guide that would help me understand it or I would be able to explain it. And so I think a lot of folks don't know that there are resources available um, to kind of see how the city got to where they are mm-hmm. and then what the plan is moving forward. Yeah. And so, and those are generally mm-hmm. available on the city website. Yeah. You know, on Komodakov, just you do the search. I'll say, you know, with, with some of those things too, it's interesting to look at um, historical like context between some things you see happening in the community. So one of the coolest things in comprehensive plan is actually um, how our zoning has um, how the city has grown. Mm-hmm. There's like a historical kind of looking map in there that shows um, it's almost like shaded areas. Like this area was annexed in this year, this area was annexed in this year. And you can see, if you look at some of it, housing trends or development trends uh, during certain years. Like for instance, we have sort of a donut around downtown, around Columbia, where there's not sidewalks. And it's because during the years of that development happening, that was not a thing. People didn't want sidewalks. They wanted, you know what I mean? There wasn't there wasn't as much traffic. You could just walk down the road. It was not as big of an issue. Um, and so now you see that's why we're having to come back and add sidewalks in a lot of these areas. So I think with those guides, there's also um, there's an interesting historical context, I think, that's cool Absolutely. to learn. Absolutely. And I do a lot of, currently, a lot of research on placemaking, mm-hmm. which speaks to 
the idea of um, truly usable communities. And yeah. whether that usable mean people getting transported back and forth to work or being able to ride their bike or having um, specific um, retail clothes like groceries or things like that. Placemaking is really about how do we make a community the most user-friendly for its users, which yeah. is all of us that yeah. are citizens. Well, and that's when, when I talk about growth, that's one of the things that I bring up, right? So as we're seeing... Um, like tremendous growth, new new housing developments come up in uh, the northeast of Columbia. The questions I've asked is like, how are we how are we working with the county on making sure that there's roads and trails and sidewalks so people have uh, options of how to get around? But then also, how do we try to incentivize or encourage mixed use development? Because it doesn't do any good if you have you know 300 new homes going in there's not a grocery store nearby for them to go to or like where is the school located or let's say I want to go out to eat are there any restaurant like how can we try to encourage mixed use so it's like people have options and I think about neighborhoods creating small communities Mm -hmm. and you get to see you know that neighbor at the grocery store or at the gas station or wherever absolutely absolutely so we're going to jump back to um, the piece that we didn't necessarily hit on, and that is, and um, what can the city do um, a little bit better to um, support the business community? I think one of the things, and you kind of touched on it when you talked about your, your position being new, is there's a lot of assumptions made on both sides. And I, and I, I always hate to talk about like false dichotomies. So the idea that it's an either or, or there's sides, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. business or government. Right. We're, we're, it's both, right? Um, but I think there's that idea that there's a lot of assumptions made. You know, the city doesn't want to allow X or business only wants Y. And it's like, okay, well, first we have to have open communication um, between, you know, what people want to do. You mentioned concept reviews, right? That's a good time to kind of like, I'm thinking about doing this. Am I going off on the path? A lot of times they're really far down the path. And so I'm always thinking like, oh, we need like a pre-concept concept, you know, review. Um, but with businesses, I think about, you know, there's that assumption that like, what am I getting out of the business license fees, right? What am I getting out of these things? So I think the city can do a better job also of communicating where do the dollars go? What does this fee go towards? Um, and then also, what's the actual cost? of of both you know the doing business with the city so what it what does it actually cost the city to process these things um and is this recuperating on that um but i think just like the whole having conversations and communicating on it i think will help us a lot because um some of those assumptions might then go away i totally agree that's a big part of my role Mm -hmm. is to do some investigation to ask questions and then to help folks understand Um, you know, the answers to the questions Mm -hmm. and ask folks who may have never been asked before because we're just making assumptions instead of having a conversation. And I think, I mean, there's also the fair point of um, not just doing something because that's why we've always done it Um, because that's not a good answer when you ask the question and then if someone gives you that answer. So I think it's important um, to ask the questions, but also I, I talk about continuous improvement the idea that we've always done something this way, look around at those other best practices of other communities that are succeeding in that area. What could we do to pivot? 
um, to change our practice to, to update to the best practices that we see out there so that we can improve and serve our citizens. I love that. So you referred a little bit earlier to the county. Mm-hmm. And so what are some ways that people may not know that the city and the county work together on different projects? Or what are some of the things that the city and county um are looking at from kind of that same lens. Yeah, so I mean, some of it's as basic as I meet monthly, <laughs> you know, with presenting. I'm just kind of like, what's going on in your shop that I need to be aware of and vice versa. Um, an example of actually something that came out of that was, um, I think it was back in December of 22, um, we, I brought forward a resolution that we would work together with the county on planning out the development of Richland Road. And it sounds so basic, but I wanted it to be down in paper that like we and in, in the books that we were going to work together as Columbia is continuing to grow into the county. They're also seeing the growth happen. How do we make sure that we're not all of a sudden creating a problem? We know there's we know we're going to have more traffic in that mm-hmm. area. What are we doing to plan for that? And so resolution was about us doing transportation planning together so that we could better prepare. And as well as this development was happening. Um, basically ask them for what it is we're going to need for the future growth of of the roads. So that's just a small example of like kind of getting together, but at all levels, right? So we're talking about um, our, our, I think theirs is called resource management or, Mm -hmm. you know, and our public works, they meet and get together regularly. Obviously the city and the county uh, serve, both serve on CATSO, which is our transportation study planning organization. Um, so our departments always work well together, talking with one another about when things, especially as it's like kind of connected, right? So things happening on the outside, um, right at the, the cusp of the city limit to county limit line. Um, so as things were happening there, our public safety works together um, really well. I know both uh, Chief Jones and the sheriff um, talk frequently about issues and just making sure that they have that kind of that relationship. Uh, to work well for public safety. And then, I don't know, upcoming, we're both talking about how do we make sure for some of the applications for ARPA funding that if somebody is asking both for the city and county um, that we're kind of collaborating on how do we evaluate that and work together so that um, we're really getting the most out of those funds that we receive from the federal government. There you go. So we're going to go back to some of the things that clearly you're passionate about the community as a whole, as the mayor should be. But what are some of the things that you just really feel very strongly about as far as um, your other community interests? Are there specific things that really make you tick? Are there um, endeavors that you would be involved in regardless of, you know, your public service? Because they're just things about this about this community that you really feel like um, are deserving of being addressed. Yeah, I would say, you know, housing is one of my big, my biggest um, passions, the built environment in general. So I used to, you know, I was went to school to be an architect. Um, so how urban planning and how our built environment um, is done, and as we move forward and evolve, how can we make sure that we're building the best? I want thing, I want homes that are energy efficient and healthy for people to live in. I want them, We, you know, you and I talked about, um, affordable housing and just the need for home ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I create those pathways, right? How do I work with our community so that, like we talked about neighborhoods, like as you're creating, how can we have opportunities for where 
houses are going and where they're going to go to the grocery store, where they're going to get coffee, where they're going to go out to eat. How do I make sure that we're creating that, that growth, that development? Um, at the same time, understanding that there's historical community character that people and neighbors are passionate about. So what's that balance between having new development happen, but not at the, not at the risk of losing what it is that makes Columbia so awesome? And so like having those conversations, which are sticky, um, and then finding the solutions for going forward. So that's, that's one of my big ones um, it, that I, I, I was just from a meeting right before this on that. Um, and then also with that transportation. So how we get from point A to point B. I want multiple modes of transportation. I want the ability that people can walk, ride their bike, drive their car. Um, they can hop on a bus. However it is that we get around, um, I want to have those opportunities. And the, the most beneficial to me is thinking about that they have the choice, um, not that your only option is to just drive a car. Because I think, you know, I don't know, me personally, when I'm riding my bike or walking, I actually see people more, you know what I mean? Like they're waving and I'm just in a better mood. Um, but I think having that as an option rather than having to, I don't want to force people into having to own a car, maintain a car, if that creates another barrier um, to basically your affordability, your cost of living. Um, at the same time, if you want to have a car and you want to drive a car, that's okay. Do that too. But it's just kind of how do I create the option so that it's your choice uh, and that you're not forced into a decision or choice um, based on your where your house is or what transportation options are there for you. A couple of things we're kind of winding down and one of the things that I always like to do is to give you the opportunity to maybe talk about something that you are super passionate about or you want people to know that we didn't cover. We covered a lot today in a we short did. amount of time. Um, but there's always typically something that somebody has on their mind that we just didn't get to. And so is there something that you would like the, the hundreds and maybe thousands of people as we grow this podcast um, to know? Yeah. I guess the one thing is, is that um, there's a lot of... Uh, misconceptions about uh, local government. I think about the, you know, amazing people that I serve with on council, right? So these were all volunteers. We get paid a small stipend, um, but they're doing it because they love their community. No one signed up for this because they were bitter about something, right? That's not going to fly here in Columbia, but they care very passionately about everybody and they're wanting to support that. I think about the amazing professionals that serve as city staff. These are the people that Again, not doing it for the payroll because it's not that big, but they do this because they love the community and they want to help. And they have a skill set at what it is that they do, whether or not they're a professional engineer or they're just driving one of our street repair trucks, right? They all care about Columbia and they want to also provide a good living um, for their family. All the misconceptions that might be out there about people are doing this because, you know, some sort of nefarious reason or... The idea that um, the staff don't care, they do, right? They care really passionately about that. And so I always like to bring that up when I'm um, talking with groups because I think it helps remind everybody that we're human. You know, there's at times where I might make a decision and I didn't have all the information. And like, I can come back and be like, look, I know, I know more now. Uh, and I want to make sure that we improve upon this. And so being, being obviously, people are very passionate in Columbia. Um, they're very engaged. 
Uh, and I think I always just invite people to first have a conversation before starting to go into those assumptions about why they think something is one way or another uh, and maybe ask the question for clarifying so that we have an opportunity to help learn from one another and, and make the best decision for the community. Well, that. So I often tell people, I've had the, I have had the distinct pleasure of being able to introduce you and to do some other things. And I always say that um, you are a mayor for the people, of the people, with the people. It's very um, evident. And um, I think that a lot of folks are curious about, you know, you, you've clearly said you are you do not look for a life in politics. And no. so you're not, you know, looking to be the next president of the United States and take that path. No, thank you. But, you know, you are still a spring chicken when it comes to your <laughs> career. And so what do you see on the horizon for, you know, the yeah. Honorable Barbara Buffalo. It's interesting to ask that because um, before I won the election, I would joke that I wanted to be basically the next generation Darwin Hindman, that I wanted to be mayor for 15 years because, you know, I love <laughs> Columbia. Um, and then after, you know, a couple months in the gig, I was like, maybe that's not what I'm going to want to do for 15 <laughs> years. So I just... I think for me, I right now I'm focusing so much on like this mm -hmm. and what can I do? I haven't even like fully committed if I'm going to run again in two years, uh, let alone what to do if I don't win, if I do run. Um, so gosh, gosh, Lisa, I don't know. I think for me, I have a passion for civic government, like for, for like how we do local government. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll probably only stay engaged whether or not I'm serving as the mayor, um, hopefully, maybe not 15 years, but hopefully more <laughs> than three, um, but whether or not I'm serving as the mayor um, or I'm volunteering or potentially like consulting with other communities on some best practices that I learned in this position, I think I will always be involved in local government, whether or not it's ours or someone else's, because it's where you actually see progress happen you decisions I make, not only do I see the neighbors that are affected by mm -hmm. it, like the next day when I'm walking my dog, literally <laughs> that has happened, um, but I, you also see progress, right? I see that road that I just voted on getting repaired. I literally see it getting repaired. So I think that um, if there's a lot of reward that comes with doing and being involved in local government. Um, so I imagine myself staying at least in this sort of realm. Awesome. Awesome. And I think that's good. The other thing before we close that you're really passionate about is really advocating for folks to get involved. Oh. And that is serve on boards, serve on commissions. Yes. Um, if school is your thing, how do you get involved in your local parent-teacher organization? Perhaps at some point think about school board. And so there are all kinds of ways yes. to become, if you are that passionate soul, and I will say that you're willing to do the due diligence to be um, dedicated and well-educated about whatever it is you're making decisions about, then Mayor Buffalo would love to encourage you yeah. to yeah. sign up. We have like 52 boards and commissions, and I'm always encouraging people to apply for, especially if they have um, any inkling of understanding of the topic. That is usually mm -hmm. useful. Um, if not, maybe attend some of those commission meetings uh, to learn more about it and see ways that you can engage and give back. Um, it's 
it's really rewarding. It also helps you understand more about how the sausage is made. Absolutely. And so it helps, I think, expand your own knowledge and make you a more informed citizen so that then the next time you run into that neighbor at the grocery store and they say, hey, do you know what's going on? You can say, I do. And here's what I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Mayor Buffalo, it's always fantastic to chat with you. I am so glad that you are um, willing to take a little time out of your very busy schedule to come and chat with us here at Ready. And thank you for your ongoing support of our work and um, for being a big fan and a big supporter of us trying to do the best we can to make this community great for all those involved as well. So um, thanks for your commitment to our city. And um, we welcome you anytime you'd like to come back. And um, hopefully we'll be moving this podcast along into a year or two. And for those of you that are super curious, we will have episode nine. And I say this every time I record an episode. Oh, I do know who episode nine is going to be. It's going to be one of our hub clients, the fantastic owner and operator of Cosmic Sauce, Johnny Eaker. And so you will be able to hear from him next. And so if you are just now tuning in, we have seven other episodes and we just released our seventh episode with Eric Morrison last week. And so please tune in and learn a little bit about who's who in Columbia. So we will see you next time.